is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us on the telephone from the Twin Cities is Mike Grimm, the voice of the Golden Gophers as, uh, well, Grimmer, uh, a tough Saturday for the Gopher football team. They played so well for much of it and uh, can't quite hold on as they were uh, knocked off by Illinois. I don't know what it is about Illinois, uh, but they have our number here recently. And, you know, it's a tough loss for the Gophers. Illinois, a better football team than people thought, uh, at least than I thought. Uh, you know, they have some players, the defensive lineman they had was who didn't yeah. play the first half. Uh, when he came in the second half, man, he's a disruptor. So a better team. It's not like it was – he didn't just lose to an, uh, an FCS team or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but nonetheless, a loss, a win they maybe should have had. Yeah, no no question. And just the way the way it unfolded is, was, was the most devastating yeah. part of it. And, you, and, and I agree. I think, um, you know, <laughs> you, you were generous in saying, you know, they're, they're – you know, I think there's there are a bunch of evenly matched teams in the West, and yep. where that falls on the spectrum of bad, good, great teams, you know, they're probably all, you know, medium to decent teams right mm-hmm. now. That's the way it is, you know. And you know, we've talked about it. I, I've defended the West in the past when it's been under heat, yep. um, but this year there just really isn't. You know, the offenses aren't very good. I thought it'd be a better league. I thought it'd really be. Uh, an uptick from last year because teams I thought were getting better quarterbacks. Obviously, Iowa's guys hurt. Uh, Minnesota's guy maybe hasn't put up the numbers we thought. Hasn't been given a chance, frankly, in some games. Just you know, too much running probably. Um, Illinois' guy was good, but he wasn't the guy that won it for him last week. So uh, you know, all this stuff I thought it'd be a better division, and it just hasn't been. So evenly matched like i agree with you you know i think even we talked last week people looking at that illinois record thinking it should be a cakewalk minnesota was home and favored by two so that should tell you you know it wasn't you know this wasn't like you say bowling green coming into town right and even that morning like saturday morning if you and i had just were having a discussion and you said hey i saw this crystal ball it's going to be 27 26 illinois and that's how it's going to end i'd be like it could be i mean that's totally believable however how it unfolded just just rips your heart out if you're a diehard yeah. Gopher fan because we've been kind of waiting. You know they didn't play particularly well early. They fumbled the opening kick, um, but offensively they they banged two touchdowns on their first two drives, as did Illinois, and it's fourteen fourteen. And I'm like, God, I thought seventeen might win the game here. Yeah. Um, you know it's a shootout all of a sudden, um, and then and then the teams kind of you know locked into a typical Big Ten West you know slog fest for a little bit, and the Gophers go into the fourth quarter down and. You're always thinking, gosh, you know, just put together a quarter here, guys, right? We're just kind of waiting on them. And they did. They put this great quarter together. You think about how that quarter unfolded. Um, they, uh, you know, Cody Lindenberg punches out a football, the linebacker. Yeah. The cornerback, Justin Wally, recovers. Two plays later, it's a 31 yard touchdown to Daniel Jackson. And the Gophers have the lead with, I don't know, six or so minutes left. And you're thinking, okay, that's what we're talking about. Illinois gets the ball back, and Tyler Newbin gets an interception with about four minutes left, and you're like, that might put the game away. There's the winning, game-winning clutch plays we've been waiting to see for this team. Uh, offense has a couple of plays that probably could have sealed the game, but they mess them up, so they punt. And even then, the Gopher defense draws a hold. Uh, they they force a fumble on a sack that they're an inch or two away, well, a foot or two away from recovering themselves if they don't. 
They knock the starting quarterback out. Uh, it's fourth and 11. You're like, all oh, these great winning plays. This is going to be a wonderful storyline. They finally put it all together, and literally, you know, 30 seconds later, um, you know, you're sitting there with your jaw on the floor and your heart ripped out saying, yeah. how the heck did this happen? So it really stinks. It's a crummy way to lose for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, John Paddock, Josh Dobbs, it, you just don't know. Guys come in the yeah. game and they yeah. find a little lightning. He comes in and throws three perfect passes to good wide receivers, including a 46-yarder for the touchdown. I, they talk about sometimes a, a reserve QB will come in after an injury, and his mind is free. He wasn't expecting to play. Didn't take practice yeah. all week. And he can come in and just play free and easy because not much is expected. Uh, that's what it looked like. I mean, because he threw the ball on the money three straight times, touchdown. Yeah, and the Gophers have had that bite him before, too, where you scout for a guy, and then the new guy is a little different stylistically. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a little bit to adjust. I'm sure if Atlanta had that issue last week, right? I mean, Jerry yep. Hall's pretty athletic, but... You know, and talking about the Falcons and Vikings game, and um, I, I'm I'm totally fascinated by that whole that whole game. It was so uh, cool to hear uh, Kevin O'Connell, not to get off subject, talk yeah. about how you know in the NFL the, the quarterback has the has the uh, helmet whatever uh, ear ear phone yep. in there that coach can talk to him up until there's 15 seconds left on the play clock, which really made what they did possible, right? Because he's giving the play call to a guy that literally just got the playbook two days before and never <laughs> threw a pass to any of those guys. Like, like I, the, the thing that stunned me is in the post game. they're like, we, they were preparing Jaron Hall. They put all their chips in the Jaron Hall basket. This yep. is just going to be too quick. And, um, and so they're calling a play, and then, and then it sounds like O'Connell's basically saying, okay, so here's what to look for. Watch on the right. Hawkinson will be over here. Careful for a blitz. Don't forget to you know, run if you get pressured. All this stuff, and it worked. Yeah. It was incredible, you yeah. know? and I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see how it works now that they've had a week and um, they put a game plan together and uh, tip your cap to Dobbs on that, too, because the one other thing that struck me in the postgame interview is he said, um, you know, because each week you got the big playbook, right, the, you know, whatever, 5,000 plays, I don't yeah. know what it is, but then each week based on opponent, and, and everybody does this, I think, even all the way to, uh, down to the high school level, you get a play sheet that is specific for that game plan that week that might not include – well, it certainly doesn't include the whole playbook, right? It's like these plays are going to work, and it's, you know, I don't know, maybe 50 plays, maybe 25 plays, depending on whatever. And Dobbs said, call any call on the play sheet. I know that. I've memorized the call sheet. And so they had some plays to work with, and then they got the win. So anyway, not to not to uh, sabotage the discussion on the Gophers, but I was just fascinated <laughs> by that whole thing. Yeah. I just thought it was pretty cool. Everybody see. was, yeah. Yeah. He, he got offensive player of the week for that performance. Yeah. So we weren't yeah, the, it, it wasn't just Vikings fans <laughs> who were going, "Oh my gosh, how do they pull that yeah. off?" Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. That, yeah. And you know what, you couldn't do it in college. No. There's no helmet uh, deal. Um I mean, it, it, you know, and we've seen that before where backups have gone in and it's just like the Gophers have been a benefit of that more often, you know, the Gophers have had knock on wood really good luck with quarterbacks over the years. I mean, they think about my time here. Uh, since 2011, it's basically been Mitch Leitner and and Tanner Morgan. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, five. You know, one year one guy's a three and a half year starter, one guy's a four and a half year starter, mm-hmm. and not a lot of injuries. Uh, knock on wood. Hopefully that doesn't start this weekend. I know Tanner got banged up last year, which in retrospect was fine because it got eighth and a little bit more ready for this year. But anyway, yeah. um, the Gophers have benefited. They've knocked quarterbacks out before, and all of a sudden the backup comes in. Sometimes it's been to the detriment, but usually it's like, yeah, there's a reason that guy's the backup and the Gophers are having a field day with it. So right. um, to do to see what Dobbs did, but uh, that you, you really wouldn't have that 
capability in college football, probably. No, that's right. Uh, uh, Daniel Jackson starting to make some plays for the Gophers. Yeah, seven touchdowns now. Um, he's going to be an all-Big Ten somewhere, probably mm-hmm. not first team with all those guys Ohio State and Michigan has, but he's going to be you know, a, the second, third, or honorable mention kind of uh, guy. Um, you know, we have heard P.J., especially this week, P.J. Fleck talk about the, that he's been real uh, pleased with the progression that Ethan Kelly McManus has played. He's had two really good first halves each of the last two weeks, but the second halves have not been as good. I think last week he was 9 of 11 in the first half and then 2 for 11 in the second half. Some of that, I think, is situational. Some of it is they just haven't yet, it looks to me like, decided they want to totally put the game in his hands. Um, I hope they do. I, I hope at some point they decide we're going to we're gonna win with the quarterback because we like him, we think he's talented. Um, that's what we've been told. And you got Daniel Jackson, you got Brevin Span Ford. Um, maybe this is the weekend that we see that. Yeah, I mean, let's let's trot it out. Let's see what happens. Let's drop him back and throw the football because we want to on first down a number of times and and get that rolling. I mean, you know, you don't recruit a quarterback to hand the ball off. You recruit a quarterback because he can make plays with his arm and and hopefully his legs. And he has that ability. But uh, you know, Coach Fleck has always been a ground and pound guy. That's hard for a, a leopard to change his spots a little bit. Yeah, yeah and. You know, we talk about November and it's cold and windy and you got to run. And there's truth to that. Mm. Forecast looks decent. I think it's going to be in the mid 50s in uh, West Lafayette on Friday. So, okay. look, you know, I don't know what the winds are. That's usually harder to forecast. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe there's an opportunity. Purdue has given up some yards through the air, they've also given up some yards on the ground. And again, it's kind of one of those deals. You look at their record, they're two and seven, I think, or something. And then in the Big Ten, they're one and six. And you're like, well, this will be an easy win. Well, if you pay attention to those who pay attention, the Boilermakers are a one-point favorite in this game. So, yeah. again, we're kind of in that mode where people will just generally look and say, well, this will be an easy Gopher win. And, and look, I'm not trying to say that the Gophers are off the hook if they lose because the argument would be how could you be a one-point underdog against a 1-7 and team? So there is some indictment on the Gophers there that they're not better. They should yeah. be favored in this game, and they're not. They just haven't played well enough, and I think the whole, that whole West Division is kind of in that boat. You know, Iowa's only like a three-point favorite, maybe two-point favorite at home hmm. to Rutgers. And yeah. frankly, I think Rutgers is going to win that game straight out. You know, yeah. I, I, that Iowa offense is so limited. So it's just one of those weird um, years where where the division has a bunch of – you know, I don't even know if evenly matched is right. There's parity, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but every game's going to be close because there's not a lot of firepower there. So that's why I'd like to see him just try to try to um, let Ethan uh, go. You know, in the opener, he threw 44 times against Nebraska, and um, they won that game barely, mm-hmm. um, but they did. And maybe it's time just to see what, uh, particularly when you're working. Look, we love Jordan Newman and what he did and that great story, but you got a fifth-string running back in. Yeah. You know, and, and you got a quarterback you know you love. Let's let's see what the kid's got. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the, the uh, Big Ten West versus the Big Ten East. The East has held sway basically since they split them up. It used to be Legends and, what was it? Legends and Leaders. Legends and Leaders, which was kind of dumb. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then it's East and West. The East has dominated. You have Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State on all on that side. So geographically, that's just kind of how it, it worked out. The Big Ten championship game sometimes is 
only a risk for the Big Ten Conference in total because what if a four-loss Big Ten West team pulls an upset in the Big yeah. Ten Championship game and beats, say, an undefeated Michigan or Ohio State, who I read will be, or, or Penn State coming out of the yeah. East? That knocks them out of the college football playoff. That actually hurts the Big Ten. Uh, they might be anxious to get rid of the Big Ten Championship game. Yeah, I don't think they'll get rid of it because it makes too much money from the yeah. TV folks. But but what they'll do, um, and and I'm not sure this is even the right approach. Like like the one thing they do have going for them right now is um, it, assuming assuming Ohio State and Michigan win out until they play each other, um, and then one of them is going to get a loss on them. And let's say a five and four Big Ten team uh, from the West somehow miraculously pulls an upset for the sake of our discussion because yeah. Michigan. Ohio State's ranked number one in the playoffs. So let's say they win. Yep. So they're going to the Big Ten championship game. Michigan's sitting there at 12-1. and one. I think they're still going to get into a playoff, a 14 playoff. One of those two teams, if if they're going to say, boy, Ohio State really took a bad loss to Iowa or Minnesota or somebody here, um, well, Michigan's still sitting there at 12-1, and one and they've dominated everybody, and their loss is to number one Ohio State mm-hmm. on the last week of the season. You know, So I think they're okay there. To me um, – what they, what Penn State have been pushing for, and it's part of why there'll be no divisions, is Penn State was sitting there in the East as the third best team year after year, saying, "Gosh, Wisconsin keeps going to that Big Ten title game out of that crappy West division. We'd, we'd love to eliminate divisions altogether." Mm. And um, to me, then that does. That's where you start mm-hmm. getting iffy to me because if now you got the two best teams, and let's say they're both sitting there at twelve and one, mm. um, you know, there's a chance that neither would make it. You know, if you knock one out or the other, or uh, and, and now next year it's all off. It's all different. I think uh, that title game will be will be interesting, right? Yeah. Think about next year. If this year were next year, there's 12 teams that are going to get in the playoffs. Yep. Um, Ohio State and Michigan will play the last weekend of the season, and both those teams are going to make a 12-team playoff, right? There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. They, they, one will get a bye, one will not. Um, so whoever wins the regular season title will now play, likely, the team that finishes second, which is going to be the other team. Yeah. So they're going to play back-to-back weeks. So if you're Jim Harbaugh or you're Ryan Day and you know you're in the playoffs and you're going to you know, hop on that bus from Columbus to Indianapolis and take that three-hour bus ride over um, and you know you're in the playoffs, are you really going to, against a really good Michigan team who you might have just beaten last week, are you really going to send all your starters out there? Mm, I don't interesting. know. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's, there's a lot to risk there because, yeah. well, we might get a bye, but we're in the playoffs either way. Um, and if you're Jim Harbaugh, are you going to say, you know, I suppose if he's sitting there at 11-1, and one, a second loss could knock you out, but probably not. So I, I, the, the championship game could become kind of like some of these lower-level bowl games where, you know, you know I remember last year watching the, watching the uh, Iowa-Kentucky game in Nashville, and neither quarterback had taken a snap in their career yeah, uh, because everybody else is opting out or transfer portaling at the end of the year and whatever else. And star players don't play in those meaningless bowl games anymore. And yeah. could they render because of how they've set it up? Could they render that big 10 championship game somewhat meaningless, like a week, you know, a week uh, 17 NFL matchup where both teams have a playoff berth locked up and they rest all their starters. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Time but- will tell. There's a lot of games. If you're a team that makes it in as a, as a non-bi-week team into the college football playoff, that's four extra games to win it. Uh, you're yeah. already playing 12. Let's say you play a yeah. conference championship, that's 13. 
and then four yeah. games if you make it to the national chat. That's a 17-game schedule for college. Yes. They really are not concerned at all about the student part of student-athletes at that point. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's becoming close to an NFL schedule, and there's also rumblings. Um, nothing official, obviously, nothing officially even from officials, but there's rumblings that um, some of these super leagues, like the Big Ten, as we've talked for weeks, is going to eventually get to 20 or 22 or 24. Yeah. Um, then you got to have divisions. And then what do you do? Are you yeah. going to have a semifinals, a conference semifinals, which would add another uh, yeah. week of games, you know? So, or do you build those into some sort of a regular season, you know, like the MIAC does, which is kind of cool at the end of the season? Um, they, they, you know, the the two divisions face off with the first place team plays the first place team, the second place team. You know, they, you don't even know who you're going to play that last week until yeah. the week before. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it all goes. But um, uh, you know, it'll it'll be. Um, I don't know. If fun's the right word. I, I'll be uh, compelled to see Interesting. how it all yeah. shakes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dawn Plitza White and her Golden Gophers make their first appearance of the season last night. They win against Long Island. You know, these games are scheduled to be wins uh, for the program. But did you get a chance to see it at all? I watched the first half. I uh, uh, it was on BTN Plus, so I I logged on and watched it. Um, they looked great. Uh, they shot well. They jumped out. It was like forty to eleven to start the game. And then um, some of the bugaboos from last year with turnovers and such started to creep back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Don White one was yeah, look. Anytime you win, you take it. I think she liked how they shot. I think she liked how they defended. Um, but they had 21 turnovers, and that was their main issue last year. So I think um, I think that that's going to continue to be a, a priority is to to take care of the ball better. And they didn't handle the press. This Long Island team's not very good. They had lost by 40 to St. John's on Monday night. Um, and they pressed, uh, starting with that, you know, late in the second quarter, and the Gophers did not handle it very well. So um, there are a couple of teams in the Big Ten that really love to press. Maryland uh, does, Ohio State does, and so um, that, that part is certainly going to be a priority to continue to uh, clean up the ball handling and the passing. Yeah, how about the Gopher men? How'd you like how they looked? Yeah, good. I mean, they they um, you know they also jumped out to a lead. They had a twenty-seven point lead early in the second uh, mm-hmm. half in their opener Monday against a you know not very good Bethune Cookman team. Yeah. And then Bethune Cookman did the same. They kind of came out and pressed. And boy, did they get physical and handsy. And um, they they got rung up for a ton of fouls. Had a couple guys foul out, but yet I would say they called about half of them right because you can't call them all. Right. Um, and so they were very physical. So it's a little bit of a tune-up. But they didn't handle it great either. The Gopher men. Um, and that lead got cut to 10 at one point, and all of a sudden you're like, geez, let's yeah. go. And then they, they ran it back out to 20 when the uh, 20 points for the win when the chips were down. So, yeah. um, you know, in a weird way, probably a decent test to, to have them make a run because now you've been through it. And, yeah. um, they've got Texas San Antonio tomorrow night uh, right. at Williams Arena for game two. Alma mater of former Viking John Randall. Uh, Grimmer, thanks so much. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. it. Always enjoy it, Todd. Thank you. All right. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.